if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, or if you're any other kind of visionary entrepreneur, I'm here to tell you that there is a serious epidemic that is holding back business owners around the world. And it's not exactly in the same nature as what they call imposter syndrome. In fact, I would say that this is even worse. And I can bring you back in time to the story that best illustrates this very, very serious issue in my life, which is a time that I was speaking at an event, and as kind of a marketing ploy, they had promoted that this event would be a bit of a competition, when in reality it was a speaker showcase for a number of people who were in the speaker's market as I was then. And I'm there, I give my presentation, I come off the stage, and a friend of mine walks over, and he says, you know what, you and I have a rather interesting problem. And I had to look at him and go, what do you mean? He explains that he and I don't have this incredible story that really tells the tale in terms of who we are, that we're both people who kind of made decisions to go into business for ourselves. Yes, perhaps went into rather interesting markets at times, but still, we don't have the story of the time that I crossed the line and then scored that touchdown and won the Super Bowl. I've never been the one to scale Mount Everest and pull off this incredible, impossible feat. And really, at that event, I was telling the story of the day that I first moved into the very first brick-and-mortar office that I had. And, you know, the colorful part of the story was that I signed on to that office when I really didn't have the money to get started. And I was kind of like moving things around the walls, hanging things unevenly, not for aesthetic purposes, but because I couldn't afford paint. And I was trying to cover up the ugly marks on the wall. Well, again, my friend came over and he said, I'm so happy that the audience gave you that incredible reaction because he explained, he goes, we don't have that out of the ashes story. We're kind of people who made a decision, went after our goals, and not that everything went perfectly. No, of course not. But instead, it's that we kind of modified and made it work along the way. And he goes, this is incredible because, yeah, the competition side of this is something that's uh, kind of made up. But still, for what it's worth, Jason, you're the audience favorite. And then the final speaker got up at this event. And I'm going to paraphrase it for polite purposes. But basically, the opening line of his presentation was telling the story that as I walked out of prison, I made eye contact with the woman that I'm pretty sure is still my wife. I signed a lot of paperwork while I was in jail for all these years. And I don't know if she's going to forgive me. In fact, I don't even know if I'm ready to forgive myself. And my friend leans over and says to me, Jason, second place is just as good. So for those of you out there that are concerned about what do you do to get more sales when you, in the back of your mind, are convincing yourself that you're boring, you don't have this out-of-the-ashes incredible story? This week's episode of the Attract Pre-Sold Clients podcast is especially for you. So let's rally the troops. Boring people unite. If you'd like to check out the show notes attached to this week's episode, head over to attractpresoldclients.com forward slash 20, the number 20. That'll take you directly there. So let's dive in. Here we go. This is Get More Sales, Even If You're Boring. Here's the hard truth. People are conditioned to ignore your marketing message. Most of the stuff you'd create doesn't get read, doesn't get watched, and ultimately, nobody buys from it. I'm Jason Lynette, 
and I'm here to help you stop being the best kept secret to the people you know you can help. If you're a business owner and if you're ready to cut through the overwhelm of launching something that creates massive impact and brings in an awesome income, you are in the right place. Welcome to Attract Pre-Sold Clients. Let's kick this off with a bit of a riddle, a bit of a question here. And my question to you is, what is the most important part of a story? Which, for what it's worth, over the years of running my businesses, any time that I've invested a fair amount of money in getting consulting or coaching or signing on to some sort of online program, it's kind of interesting how this is not the most widespread paraphrase, mind you, yet many times I hear this phrase more and more of shoot videos, tell stories, shoot videos, tell stories. And yes, there is incredible power to storytelling. However, I see that a lot of people often hold themselves back from this because, like I mentioned in the intro there, that we often run into that itch situation that's not exactly, I, I would say this is not exactly the same as imposter syndrome, it's more the scenario as to you don't even know what story to tell to even present your imposter syndrome. But so that's a whole other topic here. But let's dive into this here. What is the most important part of the story? Is it the moment of action? Well, I would tell you that if you're launching into some story for your audience, the better you can sweep them into the action at the beginning of the story, the better. You know, so I'm not going to necessarily say if I go back to the story that I told in that previous story, story in a story. You notice what's happening here. It's this inception level of training that's going on here. No, but if I go back to that moment, I wouldn't necessarily say, yeah, it's November, it's 2009, and I wanted to get an office, and so I shopped around, and I went on Craigslist, of all places, and I found a counselor who wanted to um, sublet an office. She had found the space, wanted to find someone else, then she backed out, and then I found someone else who was a massage therapist. I'm giving you so much exposition. And yes, I know it's my story. So let me poke fun of it myself. Who the hell cares? All that exposition. Instead, the story began with me standing there going, what have I gotten myself into? And it's sweeping people into the action of moving that frame around the walls, moving the different pieces around, putting furniture in some interesting spaces within that lobby area so that, again, it covered up the ugly marks on the carpet, which... You ever have carpet that you get professionally cleaned and it actually looks worse afterwards? Yeah, that's the carpet that I had in that specific audience, in that office. So I, I share this because oftentimes we think, is it a matter of where the story begins? And I, I refer to this as the Hollywood effect. How do we bring people directly into the experience right away? Well, yes, I'm here to tell you that is important. And if you're not yet doing that, start doing that. It's going to help you to become even more dynamic of a presenter, whether you are writing a post for online, whether you are producing a video, whether you're speaking in public, as was the story that I shared earlier in this episode here. So the question is, what is the most important part of the story? And I'm going to give you the answer here right now. It's the part of the story that creates an unconscious alignment with your audience. Now, here's the thing. I can think of a specific event that I went to years ago. It was one of these big marketing events where they had all sorts of um, famous people, all sorts of top names in marketing that were presenting. And I've got to say, no, I won't tell you which event it was, 
there was a bit of a fluke that occurred. There were two speakers who were former NFL football players. Now, here's the thing you need to know before I go into detail here. It's the fact that I don't follow any sports at all. Um, I'll play, you know, I'll get involved. But the idea of like sitting and watching sports on television, do you know how so often you find where there's people who are like so completely swept into something and you're just sitting off to the side wondering, what the heck are they even enjoying about this? And you just find this environment. Like, why are you wearing that shirt that has someone else's name on your back? Yes, that's that player's jersey, but that's not your name. Is it? Okay, no. Let me just be sure on that. And you see what I'm getting at here is there was this event where two different speakers got up and call it a lack of planning, I guess. Two speakers got up, former professional football players. And given the, given the style of this event, I was a bit cynical in this moment. But I'm going to hold on to that statement here because what happened was they both had the, I spent my entire life building up to this moment to become this professional football player. And then here came the unfortunate series of events and most likely an injury. I think it was the case for one. There was something else with the other. And here's where suddenly the dream got taken away and they couldn't go back to it. And to be fully respectful of both of these gentlemen, it was then the out of the ashes story. And I'm watching though, as around me, it wasn't just me, I was seeing more people than any other presenter. The people in the audience, they were on their phones, checking emails, browsing social media, sending an email, using that moment for a bathroom break. Because again, here are people who, I'll call it out, I can't do that. Yes, perhaps I could with training. Okay, let's rephrase that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> that is not my interest. And what was happening was I was seeing the audience begin to check out. So here is a kind of a mathematical equation to have in mind here. Perceptual shifts are greater than or equal to impactful moments. Let's say that again. Perceptual shifts are greater than or equal to impactful moments. So I might not have that story of crossing the finish line having run the marathon because, if you don't know my story, I was the one who got fascinated with endurance running for a while. I then decided that the motivational strategy to run the full marathon was going to be that I would do a bunch of half marathons. It turns out training for the marathon is a lot more work than actually running the marathon because here's the amount of time it's going to take. I mean, have you ever had that moment where you kind of look at a specific goal of yours and you realize the moment you see it for what it is, you don't want to do it anymore. And it's not a matter of, you know, throwing that into the category of what a coach would call limiting beliefs. It's not a matter of being inherently lazy. It's a matter of once you kind of see what's involved, you kind of realize, no, wait, that's not necessarily my goal. In fact, maybe I should tell the story sometime of um, I intentionally was not trying to um, sell a scalped ticket to a marathon, but as soon as I posted it on Craigslist, as a theme here in this episode this week, as soon as I posted to Craigslist that I had a pass for this upcoming marathon event, which was really hard to get signed up for, mind you, and I did get permission that I could resell it, and they were clear, you signed an agreement when you signed up for this event that you will not resell it for a profit. So I was putting it online at face value. 
I was putting it online probably, you know, losing a couple of bucks in um, administrative fees for signing up. We're like, they do that with these events. And suddenly the entrepreneurial spirit kicked off and I had a couple of dozen people in my emails going, I'll pay you this much for it. I'll pay you this much for it. And they were bidding up. To be fair, and to at least excuse myself here, the one who uh, was the most passionate sent the most messages that I responded to. I said, yeah, I appreciate that. However, face value, perfectly fine. This is for a charity. If you want to give more, donate it to them. And it's because I discovered strength training. I discovered heavy compound weightlifting, and I went from feeling like I was in recovery every day to instead feeling good and strong every single day. Because you ever have that experience where you suddenly pivot your goals, and it's not that you gave up, it's not that you lost your interest, it's instead you found something that was much more important to you, something that had a deeper sense of meaning to you. And some of you out there, if you're some of the folks that are either going through our Attract Pre-Sold Clients Momentum program, where there's a proven success path for consistent client attraction, applying that to all modes of social media, not in any way that's tied to one specific platform, the same principles that are necessary to effectively get your audience leaning in and wanting more and respectfully selling themselves into what you do are the exact same principles that you ought to be using in emails, in videos, even on funnel pages to make sales. And even for those of you that are currently working with us inside of our Attract Pre-Sold Clients Premium Influence Consulting, some of you are already smiling here because I'm keeping track in my head. I think I've actually used the method that's covertly being demonstrated and taught in this week's episode. I think I've done it either three or four times. You ever have that experience where suddenly you're able to look at something more for the context and you realize that you can appreciate a sense of knowledge, a sense of understanding at a much deeper level than how others would look at it as only face value? You ever have that experience where suddenly you're the one in the room who is catching on to an idea and excelling faster than the others, and you're realizing that it's mostly because of your unique experiences that are matching up and now becoming every reason that you're going to be incredible at this. You're going to be world-class at this. Because you see, once again, the whole topic this month is how to get more sales, even if you're boring. I've had so many people who would get stalled out on this topic of story, which where does story fit into our marketing? I'll give you three simple examples of what we call a pattern interrupt. The opening hook that you would use to actually grab the audience's attention. There's three possible things you can do there. One would be you could simply make a bold statement. And for some reason, whenever I say that out loud, I flash to this one obscure scene from the comedy movie, Monty Python, Meaning of Life, where the statement was, people are not wearing enough hats. May not be contextual to what we're dealing with here, but you know what? That is a pretty good bold statement if you ask me. And those of you that are in the business of inspiring people to wear hats more frequently, you're welcome. That one's on me. Bold statement. It shouldn't be difficult to throw out cigarettes and quit smoking once and for all. Bold statement. It's not that I'm telling you to stop paying your taxes. It's that I'm telling you, you need to stop giving the government an unnecessary pay raise. This is a bold statement. But then you could also use a curiosity question, which let's use the ones that I've already mentioned and just sort of spin them. And the key is you've got this 
tiny window of time to actually grab the attention of your audience. And this is the strength of a powerful hook in your messaging. Because what if you could legally pay less taxes and not get into trouble with the government? That just grabbed your attention. And it was the same hook from earlier, just simply reshaped into a curiosity question as opposed to a bold statement. What if the meaning of life was that people are not wearing enough hats? And for the 12 comedy nerds who are listening to this episode at this point, thank you. Good to have you here along with me. (laughs) Curiosity question. What if you could have your ideal clients selling themselves into what you do so that you no longer have to deal with objections or sensitivity around pricing? Grabbed your attention there didn't it? Well, the three formulas for doing a pattern interrupt, one of these opening hooks, is either a bold statement, a curiosity question, or sweep them into a story. It's where suddenly, well, here's one of my favorite ones in Hollywood effect. This is something that I teach in terms of how we could do business networking rather than the classic elevator speech of my name is this and I do that and that's it. No, that's exciting now, isn't it? Instead, this one begins with a little bit of exposition, but you'll see how it sweeps into the action. Woman comes into my office and she's had a lifelong fear of bugs. And the cicadas are about to fly into the Northern Virginia area. And that's really getting to her thoughts there. She's also a newborn mother and she saw a cockroach in her home. And she and the baby checked into a hotel, abandoning the rest of the family for 10 whole days. After the very first time we meet... She killed a housefly with her bare hand. You ever have that moment where one simple action proves the fact that you're so far beyond what that old problem used to be and there's just just no way you could go back to that old issue? And this would continue from there in terms of the effective format of now building value, activating the strategic belief shifts that are necessary, intentionally amplifying the value of what we offer, and then giving that all-important call to action in a way that actually gets people taking action to that call to action here. Though the shape of this week's episode of this podcast, get more sales, even if you're boring, create a bit of a list of the various life experiences that you've had. There might be the one that kind of defines the work that you do. However, inside of it, there's this place of universal alignment. There's this place of that perceptual shift where suddenly the change that you went through, perhaps on an emotional level, listen carefully, mirrors, if not models, the perceptual shifts that your audience is wishing to make too. By doing this, your story is no longer just your story. Your story now becomes the audience's story too. Even if you're boring, And even if your audience is boring too. Thank you for listening to Attract Pre-Sold Clients, where you get strategies proven to work in businesses around the world. I'm Jason Lynette, and if you're ready to crush the confusion of what to say and how to say it to consistently attract your dream clients, check out our free resources today at attractpresoldclients.com.